Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. It's Sunday yet again. Winston is chomping on a chomp oh, behind yeah. us. If you hear some chomping, that's a puppy. It's uh, If it doesn't go into the audio, that's good because it will keep him distracted. But if it does, we're going to have to find something else. Yeah, he's been having some anxieties yeah, lately. Yeah, he is. He is. Poor little puppy. Peeing on the sidewalk. He's peeing on the cement. Yeah, just straight up on the cement. Out of nowhere, really. I mean, yeah. I don't know. He's... We do have some neighborhood cats that are going into our backyard, so possibly those have upset him. Nobody know. knows. He's easily upset. It's, <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. Uh, what else is new? We got some good breakfast this morning, as mm-hmm. usual. Having some good Wizards Unite action. Yeah, using dark detectors to get those boosted traces, the higher level ones. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. our weekend. A couple Tom Riddles. Yeah. Yeah. Been pretty mm-hmm. mu- nuts. Mm-hmm. Swooping evil on the way home. Yeah. And uh, I think a pensive. Pensive, yeah. 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 And the week ahead looks regular. Well, we have brilliant week one. Yeah. I'm uh, traveling for work a little. I'm getting observed for teaching. Yeah. So not <laughs> not that regular. Yeah. Doing lab work. It's, it's yep. a week. It is a week. Yeah. Yeah. Labs. Got the observation. I'm traveling, running things at high schools yeah Mm -hmm. should be interesting yeah also an interesting chapter yes it is are you ready to get into it get into this because it might be long so we should start it is yes okay uh juan's ready and let's turn to page 194 the mirror of irised today's lesson is called the unused classroom here's a synopsis The chapter starts with Harry immune to Draco's taunts about his having to stay at Hogwarts over Christmas. Harry rightly anticipates his best ever Christmas, full of fun, feast, Weasley brothers, and curiously, his father's invisibility cloak being anonymously returned to him. Harry starts his first foray under the cloak in the restricted section of the library to try to find leads on Nicholas Flamel and nearly gets caught by Filch and Snape. In his panic, he hides in an empty classroom that seems to house a mysterious magical mirror. Harry sees his whole family looking back at him, waving and crying. Harry gets Ron to look into the mirror, but Ron sees himself alone as head boy and Quidditch captain. A noise spooks them away, but Harry is determined to return. When he does, he finds Professor Dumbledore waiting for him with a lesson about fantasy and reality. Dumbledore tells Harry he will be moving the mirror and not to go looking for it. Harry acquiesces and asks Dumbledore what he sees in the mirror. The empty classroom. The unused classroom. I think that's her. I didn't use that phrase in the synopsis for some reason, but oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she writes it that way, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to jump right at the title? No, I'm it's a what do you think about it uh so i wasn't thinking classroom when -hmm. i was thinking this i was i mean i think a lot of people who read this chapter alongside us are wondering about desire and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um kind of this like yearning i was kind of thinking along the lines of um so it's interesting it's a mirror because like you can use other magical objects but it's like a reflection um, mirrors are often meant to reflect like what 
we can't like what we can't see but like have this like third person perspective on ourselves but Mm -hmm. then to like have this be enchanted for so you can see other things because the last chapter we were talking about like um seek and eat or um yeah yeah you shall you shall find seek and you shall find right um so this is kind of like another layer onto that Mm -hmm. but very very deeply personal well you know i'm there and i think that the I suspect that you, like me, the main takeaway from the chapter is the conversation with Dumbledore. The whole thing is just like, there's so much in there. It's such an intense exchange. It's Harry's first interaction with the man. Mm -hmm. And it's so intense. I mean, the last paragraph is amazing where Harry is reflecting on how personal the question was that he asked Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. But I I picked, uh, for me, the theme... There's a thing that Dumbledore winds up saying where he's like, you will find neither knowledge nor truth in Mm -hmm. the mirror. And uh, first, I'm not one to disagree with Dumbledore, but I'm not sure that I agree with him. Like Mm -hmm. this sense of like, let me back up. What stands out to me is there are two things, places the restricted section of a library mm-hmm. and an unused classroom. Mm-hmm. And those mm-hmm. I, I think are intentional by JK Rowling. I think I found the same resource as you did where she's kind of talking about, uh, I don't know that actually like she does agree with Dumbledore with yeah. the sense of the mirror, but I thought it was really specific. It was so specific that it's in an unused classroom. It just sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. And so it, one of the titles I was flirting with was like the limits to knowledge or something, but I thought mm. that was a little, uh, you know, whatever. It didn't quite, but yeah. but that there are these, Dumbledore is a teacher and teacher, and he says, don't think about this. Mm. Don't really consider it. I mean, they, he has like a little lesson for Harry. They do learn something. Harry learns something from yeah. this conversation and his experience for the mirror with the mirror. But Dumbledore seems to say like, no, this mirror is like a lie. Like don't, don't pay attention mm-hmm. to it. Well, it's interesting also to think about because we've talked about like access to knowledge before on the podcast and like what is it that they study? What is it that they don't study? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. this idea of like the old null a, curriculum. Yeah. A restricted section um, is interesting. So there's, well, one of the things that we briefly like talked about in passing earlier today was because uh, we watched the movie clip that corresponded with this chapter kind of. For the first time. This is the first time that we watched the movie section as we're reading it. And um, because you commented on like, oh, I I think that the book that Harry pulls is Magic Most Evil. Because like in Harry Potter Wizards Unite, that's, you know, we see that visual from the movie. And that's labeled as Magic Most Evil. Um, Although it's never confirmed like officially. In the book. Yeah. yeah, um, Or through the movie. And it's possible that all restricted section books <laughs> yeah, just scream you. if you're unauthorized to use it. But the idea of like, oh, only some people, you have to have permission to look at this. or Because um, it's also interesting, because like you're saying, Harry does learn something from this conversation. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not like the mirror is used as a teaching tool to have these like deeper philosophical conversations about when what it, it means to could live be. yeah because yeah. yeah. i have two things mm-hmm. like that i really want to get your opinion on mm-hmm. that and they're they're tied hand in hand so i'll just give you both so 
the first part is a bit longer. So Dumbledore claims that the mirror would function like a normal mirror mm. for the happiest man in the world. Yeah, I wrote something in my What did you what this. do you have? I I'm not sure that that's true. Bingo. That's I, I said I wonder if he's true. wrong. I I literally wrote I was like cuz he says that and it's like I I just don't know if it's possible for humans. Because one of the things that I was thinking about also is this, we've talked about this endlessly of this like endless search for fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And even though like, I don't know, you might argue like fulfillment desire or whatever it is. Because like even Harry, when he initially is trying to say to Dumbledore, this is what I think the mirror does. It's like, it shows you what you want. And it's like Dumbledore is like, you know, not quite because there is nuance in what that means so it's not it's something that's at your core your deepest like most desperate desire and i i feel like if it's something so foundational to your core that it's like there i mean it could shift over time slightly but Mm -hmm. we've talked about all of these characters and they're like very deeply seated insecurities and dumbledore also just like lays out like when he's like oh your parents and ron like is overshadowed by his siblings like Mm -hmm. he just lays it out there and is like this is your thing that this is the thing that kind of um we've talked about character development before like how creative people talk about character development like what is it that drives and you can frame it as motivation. You can frame it as like part of like, what is it that that kind of explains why characters or a person make certain decisions and it kind of goes to like something very, very foundational. And so go, going the foundational aspect, but also as a human myself and like always looking for like, this is this is kind of the search for meaning, right? The search for fulfillment, the search for like, what is it that... Um, I don't know that we're we're doing and why we're doing it and I I just don't think that it's possible. I think like theoretically perhaps the mirror was made with that in mind of like right. okay, so the person who is like completely satisfied and fulfilled and whatever or although he doesn't phrase it that way, he says the happiest man on yes, whatever. He does. Um, He's kind of simplifies it in Yes, my yeah. I just don't think that it's possible for humans to Yeah. My thought experiment was, let me just imagine this person, like what, what would they be like? Mm -hmm. And like, I kind I'd like flirted with the idea of like a Buddha or Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. somebody in some sort of Zen state, Mm -hmm. like contentedness, complete contentedness. Is that like going to be a dynamic thing? Like through time, even as they're sitting there, they don't change at all. They're like content with at the beginning of their mirror sit and at the end, like they stay the same. And I just, I don't buy it. I mean, the way that Dumbledore is talking about it, I think he oversimplifies it. I think he he has a moment that teachers have where he doesn't know exactly how to communicate his experiences with the mirror and his right. beliefs about how it functions magically, which are probably pretty well researched. Mm-hmm. It's in Hogwarts. I'm sure he's spent a lot of time with it. In fact, we see him, right? In, uh, <laughs> yeah. In, uh, yeah. Yeah, so from that Pottermore article that you referenced, well, it was originally published by J.K. Rowling on Pottermore, but it's now on Wizarding World. It says that it's an old device. Nobody knows who created it or how how it came to be at Hogwarts. So it's just like there. And like the idea is perhaps like a teacher like came upon it and was like, oh, let's ask my colleagues and like let's study this. Something I was wondering, Hmm. connected back to Wizards Unite, is 
where is the mirror of Erised? Is it still at Hogwarts? Or mm-hmm. possibly is the Ministry of Magic studying it in the love room? Because I, what stood out to me was the way that it was phrased of your deepest, most desperate or your heart's or desperate desire of your heart, like your something yeah. heart, it was with the heart. And so it made me, and also the way that Harry and Ron were so captivated by it. Mm-hmm. And Harry, obviously having, I wrote so many quotes of like the way that she talked about how he was being affected by it, like his urgency of like, he needs to go back to it mm-hmm. and even pushing Ron out of the way, yeah. which like, uh, I mean, Harry is very insensitive and like just blinded by it because he's like, Oh, you're just holding a Quidditch cup. Like, that's not anything interesting. Well, let's talk about this for a second, though, because it's fascinating to me that it doesn't captivate Ron in the same way. He doesn't Mm. care to go back. And he actually has a sense of, like, a wisdom about it where he's like, I don't think you should go back there. Like, it's just a mirror. True, It's a magical mirror who knows what's going on. But I think that speaks to something as well, right? It's not like we have different levels of desperation in our hearts, like different things that pull on us yeah and for ron it's being overshadowed but the fact that it doesn't hold such a sway over Mm -hmm. him speaks to something about it yes he's Mm -hmm. overshadowed and he wishes he wasn't but he's okay Mm -hmm. he's generally okay with it yeah it's that harry is so far away from what he wishes could happen right it's not even possible but the things for Rana are possible. Like he could become head boy and he could become Quidditch captain. And they're, mm-hmm. they're relatively minor goals. His brothers have been them or mm-hmm. will be them. Yeah. It's just very, it's so intense. It's such an intense mm-hmm. object to put in. Yeah. Well, JK Rowling has talked about like her mother's death as being part of the foundation of the Harry Potter series. So a lot of these elements we could also make sense of with that sort of lens. And mm-hmm. I think that the mirror specifically for Harry is is about grief it's his grieving like he can't Mm -hmm. it's and it's him kind of like getting a little I mean they're not even there with him it's just Mm -hmm. him it's like he's looking at a photograph but he's like part of it he's it's like he's living kind of in this fantasy and isn't it fascinating that this mirror shows you exact your deepest desire but the parents are weeping they're crying Mm -hmm. there's something like really very profound going on where like it's almost like he he wishes he wants to see their range of emotions he want he wishes to have like the deep human connection that Mm -hmm. he imagines family is like the whole range right right they're like they're like smiling and crying and joy and All of these and it's things like, it's are not happening. just his parents. It's I mean, in the movie, it's just his parents, but in the book, it's his family. Like Couldn't his, help but notice that Petunia and, Dirt and, the, and uh, no, yeah. Vernon were there. Yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I know. Well, so uh, I, I that that's why I was wondering if it was being studied uh, because, and also like from Wizard Unite, you have Grim Folly being like he can't leave the, the love room. He sleeps there, and it just Harry's like him like going back and going back and like slumping over and it made me think about Grimm's obsession or seemingly obsession in the file that's like being or the case that's being made against him and like the love room as being part of it because Grimm lost his wife Penelope another like it's something it's a loss and it's something that like he would do anything or he would you know do anything to have her back or Harry would do anything to just like have his family or grow up with his family and I think that now thinking about Dumbledore 
perhaps Dumbledore has some wisdom of or experience of being affected by the mirror and having to like go through it and process, you know, like get through it, get over that obsession. Which is, it's interesting to me that he did the secondary question. So yes. So some background that many probably remember there is seen in fantastic beasts where Dumbledore looks in the mirror as a young, younger person. Yeah. And we won't get too much into that. But I agree with you. There's a lesson to be learned. Dumbledore seems to have confronted it. Mm -hmm. And here's the second part of my thinking then about this whole putting limits on knowledge, like the restricted section and the unused classroom and removing the mirror. What would happen if he doesn't move it? Like he moves the mirror, but he's just had this conversation with Harry. It's not like... It, it never seemed to me like Dumbledore Dumbledore saying, I'm going to move the mirror, don't look for it, isn't what makes Harry not look for it. It's the conversation around what the mirror is to actually have a deep mm-hmm. conversation about this object and like mm-hmm. what it does and how compl- complicated it is and how painful it must be and how people have gone crazy thinking about it and mm-hmm. like all this stuff. It's not the movement of the mirror. If he leaves the mirror... I think Harry doesn't go back to it. It doesn't, it feels like Harry, the spell or whatever we want to think about Mm -hmm. the mirror holding over Harry seems to be broken in the conversation, not by the movement. Mm -hmm. So that was just something for me, like would Harry go back or did he learn the lesson? Like Mm -hmm. it feels to me like he learned what it is. Yeah. It's interesting to think about, learning this lesson because would it take like maybe a couple of more times of Harry going back and then reflecting on Dumbledore's words and or thinking about like oh this pull on me or even Ron or Hermione coming back from break and being like Harry what are you doing like I feel like there's even if Harry doesn't like obey Dumbledore Mm -hmm. and goes back and like seeks out the mirror it would be interesting to think about like how how that lesson is learned. I mean, it could be through pain still, like he's yeah. still like torturing himself, although he finds it um, you know, comforting in the moment as he's like there sitting there. I don't know. Yeah, and we're at we're on a topic here that generally like JK Rowling herself and her characters have perspectives on this, but it's impossible to say that she's right because we're really at the heart of like existence. So a quote that I've had for such a long time in my own heart is like, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Remember that it's my favorite quote, but this time around fresh eyes, different Jeff. (laughs) It struck me a little differently. It actually Mm -hmm. had more of a, I actually rejected it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I don't agree fully Mm -hmm. like i understand the context and i understand the messaging here of like you got to actually go do things you can't just like hope or like whatever you have to like live the life rather than just dwell like i think dwell is a really important word it's it's not that she writes for for dumbledore to say it does not do to dream and forget to live it's dwelling on the dreams is the problem that's where i got in my nuance thinking about it yes the yeah. dwelling is the problem. Yeah. And I think that that going back to her grieving the death of her mother mm. is a big piece of what she is 
of the knowledge that she is trying to convey here. So like the excerpt from Wizarding World is she's saying like, the advice to hold on your dreams is all well and good. And then she says, there's a point where it becomes unhelpful and unhealthy. Um, Harry's deepest yearning is for something impossible, the return of his parents. Desperately sad, though it is that he has been deprived of his family, Dumbledore knows that to sit gazing on a vision, what he can never have, can only damage. So like, I don't know. I think that it is kind of specific. And like you're saying, like we have different... Perhaps when you're looking in the mirror of Erised now, it's not something that totally captivates you, that like holds on to you. Like if she were looking at the mirror of Erised at the time of writing this book. So, I mean, going back to your original point, like, no, I don't think that it's possible to just straight up see your reflection because Mm -hmm. things happen, things change. And perhaps we all have moments over the course of our lifetime where we, ha- we face situations that could be this like metaphorical mirror of error said where we're kind of like trapped by this illusion or this like, I mean, I'm not trying to d- diminish anything for people who like hold totally. on to things, but I'm, I, I think that the dynamic is what she's commenting on of like, you can only sit in that for so long without just having like years go by, which Dumbledore also like comments on. I mean, I wonder like how many years went on mm-hmm. for Dumbledore before he was mm-hmm. able to learn that lesson himself. Like it's. I would love to see his encounter with the mirror, mm-hmm. his first encounter with mm-hmm. the mirror. Part of me thinks like Dumbledore is the type of wizard who probably found it and brought it to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, maybe he just found it in Hogwarts. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I came across to switch gears just slightly mm-hmm. that I thought was interesting and just wanted a comment from you is uh, people talking about the relationship of the mirror to the Boggart cabinet. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. somewhat similar. They have this magical insight into you. Yes. So I thought about the Boggart cabinet or just boggarts in general, actually, mm. because there was a phrasing in there. I don't know if I wrote it down, but it was it was about Harry and his fear. It was like in the, I don't know, in the context of kind of like trying to communicate this is why he's so desperate to get to the mirror because he was afraid that, oh, it was when he was with Ron and he was afraid that he wasn't going to find it again. And right. so there's this like fear element of like, oh, I had something or I could like see this or I had this glimpse or I had this like moment of serendipity and I can't find it again. Like, so just that's part of the search. Um, and so like the mirror as being something that is, that can like encapsulate you. <laughs> um, but also Bogarts as like metaphors for anxiety, things that mm-hmm. like are also deep to your core that, I mean, it's, it's really, these are things that are difficult to work through. They take time, they take effort, they take processing, they take, it's like very intentional to, and it's not necessarily something that you can fix or like make go mm-hmm. away, um, but like learn how to cope or manage or just live with these sorts of things that whether they're developed or wherever they come from, um, it's it's something that's deep rooted. Yeah, I, yeah, it'll be interesting if anyone doesn't know, Boggarts are a magical creature that show you your worst fear mm-hmm. supposedly mm-hmm. so there's a there's a major relationship here i think also it's kind of interesting that like it it almost feels the 
it feels like Dumbledore would probably say that the mirror is much more dangerous than a boggart. Yeah. Like much more dangerous. Well, I was wondering if, uh, as we were talking, like, I don't know. Um, so we talk a lot about darkness or like dark arts, like, and so there are these magical objects that aren't necessarily, they don't feel like they have this, these are dark objects kind of feel because okay so obviously the mirror is just like straight up and I mean, they don't use it but it's just straight up in hogwarts and then yeah. the bugger ca- cabinet is used in teaching so it's not like it's um i guess scary enough to be like no this is banned like this shouldn't exist or it doesn't have that connotation but i could imagine these things being created for the purposes of manipulation and like mm-hmm. trying to you're trying to manipulate off of people's fears, people's desires, and like, or I don't know. I don't know why they would be created. Like what for, I mean, in the article it also said, oh, perhaps it was used for like, I don't know, and just, just for fun. But I don't, I don't know. I'm a little suspicious of that. Like why, are, why do these things exist? Yeah. The boggart is a creature, so that's a thing. But well, yeah. the mirror seems to be made. I actually played around with like, is it possible that the mirror was? But they use the bo- so. Living. My point is that they use the boggarts in yeah, yeah. in class to like teach lessons. They and do. It's they kind do. Of, right. And it, I don't know. It's, it's interesting it, that and it's fears so are brought in. It's so public and like because right. if we're to going back to the mirror and saying like, oh, Harry realized how deeply personal of question was because like, of course something we could talk about is like what would you see in the mirror but like that is a very one it's a difficult question because you would have to do a lot of like deep introspection um like going further beyond like okay this is what i want you know go further to like the thing that it's desperation for you to the point of obsessiveness and well this is to me where it has to be a magical item i've thought about it periodically and I never actually get to a place of being like, oh, this is what I would see in the mirror. Like, I never mm-hmm. even really get close to saying anything like that. I just kind of flirt with ideas of like, oh, it'd be cool if this happened or like, wouldn't it be great if this didn't have, ha- you know, happen or something like that. But I never yeah. get to a place of like what I would see. And yeah, I feel like that's because it's a magical object. Mm. Harry and Ron wouldn't have been able to put into words what it is they would see if they went to a mirror i mean maybe harry would be like oh my family i don't know well it could also be like the insider outsider thing so like maybe someone on the outside who like observes you a lot could be like oh this is probably what you would see because like we're i mean for us like seeing what ron sees or his description of what he sees we're like oh yeah exactly that is totally what ron would see i don't know if you came across the interview where somebody asked jk rowling what hermione would see Mm. no she said uh at one point Hermione would probably see her f- and her friends f- uh, safe from Voldemort. Mm-hmm. It, this was an in-person interview, and then like it was just a Q and A, like mm-hmm. a fan. Yeah. So she was kind of off the cusp. I don't know if she had thought about it that much. Um, and then she also said uh, maybe Hermione would see herself uh, in a lover's embrace with a certain wizard. Mm. Uh, yeah. I thought that was interesting. I mean, it is fun to think about like what these other characters would see. It's also fun to think about like what would Harry see now, you know, if he like went and looked at the mirror. He probably wouldn't see his parents. He might no. see his current family. He might see them like in isolation, away from the spotlight. <laughs> sure, where no one remembers him away yesterday from the style. The, the movie oh my yesterday God. style. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
did you bring a quote? I mean, I have so quote? many quotes. You have a bunch like, of quotes. I don't know. Like, Dumbledore straight up, I don't need a cloak to become invisible. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just. Yeah. I always got the sense that he was the person who made the noise when Harry and Ron are at the mirror mm. to get them to go away from it. Mm-hmm. And I. I also wonder often about uh, Dumbledore having something like the Marauder's Map when we finally get to that in the third book with the Boggart cabinet in the same book. Mm. Um, does he have something like that where he tracks Harry? I think yes. Mm-hmm. Something like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way. Maybe he tagged the invisibility cloak. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, there's a chip in here. I might need to go get it's it still later. In there. You know? Yeah, there's a chip. There's a chip. Like, like Winston. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, a great chapter. I mean, it's so, it's so powerful from a writing standpoint to have this, nebu- this like very, um, I don't know, enigmatic Dumbledore Mm -hmm. relative to Harry like oh he's up you know he asks Percy about him and like he sees him eating but like Mm -hmm. there's no interaction then the first interaction is around something this intimate and I've it's just so beautiful the way that she closes the chapter to have Harry just kind of like innocently asking because he's curious Mm -hmm. and then like later harry's like wow geez (laughs) yeah yeah and have dumbledore like probably lie yeah yeah and uh it just is so great i don't Mm -hmm. know well it's around christmas time too so it's like and he got the invisibility cloak with that note use it well use it well like before your father died so like all of this is just screaming of like you know harry misses his family he's finally at this wizarding school but he doesn't have his family to share it with it feels possibly purposeful Mm -hmm. right i mean dumbledore is not he's many things he's not careless Mm -mm. he doesn't if he believes that the mirror is this dangerous he doesn't leave it just Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. you know and yes, he moves it. Maybe this is a reminder. Maybe he has many, many things on his mind and like can't keep track of everything. But uh, yeah, it feels like it could be a happy accident for him that like this has happened and this was the way that he could connect with Harry for the first time face-to-face, talking about something like this with him. Because he even says something, you know, spoilers, mm-hmm. like maybe if you come across it again, you know. Yeah. Dumbledore is just I mean, perhaps, like, I don't know, it's a winter holiday, there's not that many people there. Maybe the unused classroom was meant for this lesson at this time, like you're kind of suggesting. The unused classroom. Or the unused, okay. Yeah, Yeah, no, for sure. I just, yeah, the the symbolism there of, like, an unused classroom just grabbed me in the moment. I was like, oh, unused classroom. Well, it's hard to find. And also, Dumbledore doesn't teach any subjects. So this is like, this is specifically the special And what gets learned in that classroom? Like, why is it not just part of it to talk about the mirror, bring it into classroom and be like, we need to talk about this thing. Mm Because like, you all need to know about yourself Mm -hmm. in order to be like, better wizards and witches. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to have some sort of principle and, core mm-hmm. understanding i don't know that's where i go yeah anything else for you i want to know what malfoy would see 
Oh, That's a great question <laughs> for the audience. I've been also obsessed with Tom Felton on social media. What would Tom Riddle see? Thomas. Thomas Riddle. What would Tom Felton see? Yeah, Tom Felton. What would uh, Winston see? <laughs> oh, himself anyway. right now. Oh my gosh. He's chewing yes. On <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we're cruising along. Yeah. Ready? Yes, I am All ready. Right. All right. Until next time, then. Juan's, Juan's ready. ready. Thank you.